Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode in the second season of On a Journey with WeWork. We've been talking about game-changing experiences and leaders in sports in this season and our guest today represents some of the biggest contributions that have been made in the world of sports. Please welcome Neelam Babar Desai to the show today, who's the head of sports at Tara Trust. With a background in sports development, Neelam has created sports curriculums for children that are fun and focus on overall development. She has been responsible for Tata Trust's effort in nurturing sports people at the grassroots level in India and for that we are proud of having the opportunity to speak with her today. Let's jump right in. If our research is correct you were, you were a pro gymnast and then you you went on becoming a coach. and then now you're heading sports design at Tara Trust tell us about this fascinating journey and you know your associations always been with sports that makes me already very jealous of you <laughs> yeah well right i mean i i was one of the lucky ones who could transition from a it career to a full time sports career though I, as i said i was associate i mean i got introduced to the sport of gymnastics at the age of 7 years i think as an after school activity and then just got hooked to gymnastics since 9 Uh, by 12 13 had actually made up of mind that i would be a coach i mean a gymnastics coach uh, just love love that so uh, i i was in fact coaching along with my own practice you know went on to become a national player unfortunately because of injury uh, back injury i had to stop uh, competing i had to decide what to do and then at that time which is we're talking about 1995 96 at that time making a career in sports was not really an option coaching was not really an option so following standard norms got into uh, computer engineering uh, and uh, side by side continued my hobby of teaching or, or coaching gymnastics i finished my graduation and then uh, that's when i uh, i think around 1998 got uh, recruited uh, in uh, infosys this was my first uh, it job and that's when i realized that this part time coaching by turn people to continue there that's when uh, i also uh, you know decided that i need to build a team if i had to continue my sessions coaching sessions in gymnastics it cannot be a single person i can't do it on alone and one one thought i always had was you know gymnastics was always looked upon as a competitive sport actually gymnastics is the mother of all games i mean and it it really can be used to develop the physical abilities of multitude of sports that's how it has been looked upon in the other developing uh, countries and that's what i wanted to bring uh, to india so i was very clear in my mind that i wanted quantities i want more and more children in the younger age group to do gymnastics in fact uh, earlier years i had this dream that every school should have a gymnastics facility but well uh, reality stuck when you realize that they don't have space and the infrastructure is very costly so that doesn't uh, it's not practical but anyway so 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 to be able to manage uh, numbers it's important to have a team of coaches and uh, then i spent the next so during i mean as a part time it career i uh, started uh, looking for coaches developing a team and to tell you the fact after i mean many combinations trial error i just got selected the boys from college who used to play some sport passionate about the sport love working with children they have never done gymnastics before got them together and trained them and uh, they are the ones who are currently coaching in my uh, center right now where about 400 children are practicing gymnastics regularly i mean that was before covid times but yeah that's where it was so that's the uh, gymnastics journey and uh, so 12 years into an it career and that's when i said enough of sitting in a desk job 
um luckily an opportunity came along with uh, another company called as the sports gurukul who were uh, looking at uh, launching a physical education program and my uh, gymnastics background uh, really had all the practical knowledge required to develop to design that curriculum then another that was another 5 years of uh, designing physical education curriculum i think it was important to uh, look at it very differently i mean uh, i mean physical education basically uh, we all know how we were taught physics pe or nowadays when we think about pe it's those basic drills that everybody thinks about you know those mass drills and and, and or you have a group of students uh, follow playing with the balls and you have half a group sitting down right so certain principles which i thought were important where the the activities had to be fun it they had to include everybody we had to uh, design activities such that uh, the play time or the physical activity time was more you know so those were certain thoughts which we put into place and developed this curriculum i also headed the implementation of this uh, program taught trainers uh, who can deliver this program in schools and that was a great experience for me which of course landed me the dream job in tata trust that's amazing and if you allow me just want to stay on the topic of gymnastics for a bit you did mention that it's an expensive sport it takes a lot out of you but if you look at it i do a lot of reading about gymnastics one of the sports that stands out in india is malkam right which is essentially a pure bred indian origin sport there and then you see one of gymnasts coming at at an indian level or a, at a world level right across from various cities and again if you look at it our top gymnast currently is from tripura right yeah yeah so what what are we doing in terms of is it just the infrastructure or is there not a lot of knowledge or education about the sport also which is causing um, this huge divide yeah i would say both also put a little bit more i'm weightage on having the infrastructure in place because see at the early years it's very important that there is a safe physical environment for children to learn gymnastics right it is definitely a little dangerous when you say when you say dangerous it's not dangerous but it's a risky sport where yes you you do if you are not able to uh, do the right technique you might just fall you might hurt yourself that's a part and parcel of any sport but you know it's a little bit more risky because if you if you know a bit more about gymnastics so it's got you now six apparatus for men and uh, four for for women and all of these four for example in for girls you have the balance beam which is the balance your floor exercise then you have an uneven bar which is completely an hanging uh, kind of a thing then there's this vaulting table which was made famous therein uh, you have the all this power and the strength that you can uh, put uh, master basically so all of these need a variety of abilities when we talk about physical abilities coordination strength you name it and gymnastics needs it and that's what is more difficult i mean if you look at any other sport it's typically one set of things which you are good at and great i mean you can still excel in it Malkam if you ask me yes i mean uh, it is an amazing game i mean it's very sad that we have not been able to nurture it as much people abroad uh, are actually now crazy about it and we have uh, quite a few uh, organizations you know i think the samartha vyam mandir is the oldest organization in mumbai who has uh, actually taken the sport uh, internationally they go out conduct camps trainings and all that so that's that's really nice and i would say initially majority of the gymnasts Uh, were actually uh, from Malkam or vice versa, you know. Or we had gymnasts, uh, we had doing artistic gymnastics, and then they went into rope Malkam or or pole Malkam, as we call it. So there is a lot, lot common there because there also we need strength, stamina, agility, flexibility, all of it on that one single pole. And your uh, addition would be, I think, uh, the power uh, that you need for for floor and vaulting. 
with any sports, a lot of uh, coaches and uh, trainers say that you should start early. But with gymnastics, it's a lot more uh, important to start early. And do you think like parents or um, guardians, because gymnastics is not really a mainstream sport as compared to everything else that you see, there could be chances a lot of kids are not being allowed to do it as well. Things are changing, but you know, I have, I mean, I'll just like to share that we have a toddler class. So I have kids coming in at two and a half years, three years. But that's where it is. No, it needs to be, it needs to be uh, promoted as a developmental sport where we are very clearly at the early age when the children come in, very clearly say, boss, we are not going to make a national level gymnast out of you. Or, or, or we clearly tell that, that orientation is given to the parents, that we are not here to make, uh, you know, national level gymnasts or competitive gymnasts. We are here to ensure that uh, the physical development of children happens. We give them an environment which is safe where they can develop those abilities and actually you know after doing gymnastics for four years five years we can we actually uh, suggest that they should based on their abilities we suggest different sports where they can uh, move into where they can excel better Uh, because not not everyone has number one the commitment the time the money that gymnastics needs and the physical abilities obviously it's as you said you know it's a very age specific so you have a very short career span there if you lose that then you, you, it's very difficult to, to make it uh, to that level. So instead the, of trying and then getting, uh, I mean, not succeeding, uh, it's best that they use those abilities developed in other sports. And we've got many successes there. I mean, I've got uh, my children from advanced gymnastics moved into diving, swimming, uh, taekwondo, ballet, and they've done uh, really well there. So that's what is we should be promoting. So if we start promoting it that way, then we are not we are setting expectations very clearly for the ch- for the parents also and it will make it easier for them to 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 send their children in there so that's that's one uh, aspect and the second of course is coaches right most important is for the coaches to understand uh, what they are teaching they need to understand the age and then accordingly you know teach them so there have been many cases where because of lack of knowledge on the coach's behalf you end up when the child gets injured and then that's where the negativity comes in for that sport that uh, you know it's it's dangerous don't do it so i think uh, when when i when you spoke about infrastructure and knowledge both needs to go hand in hand we, we need to work on them in tandem in parallel if we ever ha- hope to become a sporting nation there and that's that's amazing how you how you spoke about in detail about it's not just infrastructure there's a lot of education and i i really want to point out the fact that one of the things that you called out right in the end of the conversation which is you know sometimes an injury leads to you hating that sport so much uh, but coming back to tata trusts one of the things is the fact that we have to mention um, is the rich legacy that tata trust holds right where the philanthropic efforts began back in 191892 uh, if i'm right from education to climate to sports uh, tata trust has contributed hugely to the development of India at the grassroots level for each of these sectors that I just mentioned. For business leaders in the audience who are going to be listening to this, what I would like you to talk about is what goes on in creating this winning impact strategy and also what does the world of sports hold for corporates who are looking to support the sector? Frankly, after coming into Tata Trust, I got introduced to this entire CSR thing. One of the main reasons why, why we don't have too many companies getting into, into sports uh, right now is because of the unstructured nature of this particular thematic area. It is very young, I would say. 
so if all the other areas which we spoke about they name it education water sanitation it's been there for a long long time and we have evolved uh, we have very concrete ways in which we can track the progress of these uh, programs i would say in sports because of there is a lack of that we don't have too many companies getting into it that's one of the main reasons which i realized and it's true for us till now the only measure of success is how many medals you have won how many wins you have how many kids at the national level so it's more purely competitive in nature i mean though that's one sector which is good but uh, how will you get there to be able to get children in that competitive sector to get their win it's important to have that foundation which is the grassroots which i'm talking about tell me something i mean while you're talking about that i'm sorry to interrupt do you think also that there's a blind spot when it comes to sports like when when corporates are looking at it they're like no why does sport need help there's government there aids there all everything put in place do you think there's a certain blind spot for that category itself i yes i would agree and as you said no we have uh, sometimes we say are the infrastructure ye to government ko karna hai we need the federations to run the programs in the past couple of years i have had a chance to look at other nations how they have developed and uh, if you if you look at it in many of the developing countries the sports is not as dependent upon the government as we as as on the private companies it's a lot of support which comes in from the companies which is helping it grow it's like a vicious cycle right i mean we ask me csr right what do they why do they want to get into it they need, they need visibility they want to be able to see see uh, uh, doing it and that's where they, they they stick on to the simpler thing of okay if i win a medal and i have a i am supporting that brand i get seen who is looking at the grassroots program do we have those numbers there do we have organizations who can really implement those programs and give us a proper report or a progress i mean it's easy to say i'm running a grassroots program what happens there children come in we train they go beyond that what else but there is a lot which can actually we can do through a grassroots program right and those are the the impact as we we you mentioned about that so what is the impact that the program can bring so i think i mean it's important for a company uh, to first understand what is the objective i mean the, the company objective and then look at areas which can be picked up in the in the thematic in in the sports which can align to those objectives i mean for us it was easy we were a philanthropic organization and uh, for us it was to impact lives for us the objective was very clear now if i have to impact lives let me understand how i can impact the lives of children how i can improve it and that's 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 the way we went about uh, defining our sports strategy around the company's uh, strategy so uh, i think that clarity helps so we need to know why we are doing something who is going to benefit from it so a couple of these questions and then we can go to how to do it but neelam tell me something you know in in this whole world of tactical marketing where everyone's talking about roi and talking about you know conversions and you know as a marketer myself i have had my fair share of conversations around that and even with csr projects like you mentioned you know the corporate or the entity that's going in they need to understand what they can get out of that as well from a maybe a marketing perspective or from a completely csr development perspective right but if roi is an expectation for a marketer of a corporate what is the right metric that you should be looking at when you're investing in sports development in india and it may not be financial at all but like is there a metric that they should be looking at or tracking Yeah, yeah i think this is the right time to talk about i think the social roi framework 
to measure the impact of sports and physical activity as we say we all know there's a lot of evidence uh, which is already there you know which suggests that sports and physical activity generates positive benefits like we have improved physical and mental health can be used to develop life skills confidence team building uh, it promotes uh, social capital uh, reducing crime and antisocial behavior uh, it improves education outcomes including including uh, psychological and uh, cognitive benefits for individuals uh, so so all of this research is there uh, we we all know that so we do, we really don't need to reinvent and do research on how it can impact no it impacts there's a there's a research needs to be done to to quantify that how do we derive that monetary value of the benefits of sports and active recreation so that's what the social roi be talking about so we so uh, for now i think if we can't i mean that's something which needs to be done but for now i think we need to define those indicators uh, and that's what we're doing even at the trust where we have these uh, assessment and impact indicator framework which helps you define the indicators which can help track progress and see what is it are we are we achieving the objective that we have set out to do in a phased manner it is in year 1 it could be something in year 2 it can be a progression over it but those uh, need to be articulated and defined very clearly I have something called as a niti ayog indicator i mean i do, I, I think you would know for yeah but to share niti ayog does not have any sports indicators and they they don't have them so so it's a thing it's important for the country to have those indicators in place and uh, these can be actually used to track uh, the outcome or the impact of a program uh, in the early years you mentioned you know sports is not just about um, the physical fitness but also the socio economic impact that it brings in right i mean it it keep kids away from um, crime it it yeah, yeah yeah it develops you in 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 ways that you you don't even understand sometimes talk to us about that so i i know tata trust has been responsible for promoting badminton in mizoram and there's been significant work across the country at grassroots levels almost i think 151 districts if i'm right how does the development of the sports impact the daily life of children and people in particular region do you think a region has benefited and and why i'm asking you this question because i know you all have done a specific amount of work across various regions and seen um, you know a tangible improvement across that region do you want to talk to us about how sports has impacted or do you have a story where you know one of the programs that you ran went and had a great impact on a particular region or a community many stories uh, we need time when i could share those i'll just quickly share how we started uh, the sports programs probably you know so with our uh, interventions already existing since many many years in all the marginalized or very difficult areas of the country i would say when i say states regions districts you know where are a better with a bigger objective saying that we we were going to impact lives in different ways right so we were working with communities we were working with villages households and and uh, improving their water sanitation livelihood different things right and and education being one of them that's when how that's how we got connected to the children so when we were working with the education uh, bit that's when we realized that hey that in some areas we found the children more interested in playing something outside than being in the classroom right we saw them every evening i mean i could share stories about uh, uh, jarkan and risa in smaller pockets of simdega i mean i'll share about one uh, in, in simdega is a one very small district in jarkan okay there's a school there where we support and that school uh, mandates every child to bring a hockey stick if you don't have a hockey stick to school you don't get to sit in school okay and every day there's a two hour uh, they they play 
they play hockey on the fields so it's a mud pitch okay and then the mud pitch uh, the ground which they have uh, developed it's developed by the community in so they have come they have helped to flatten the land uh, and uh, make those things so it's just a bare mud pitch there but it's such an amazing thing and we when we were traveling there uh, we were lucky to actually go there when the school started and we have children on cycles and you know smaller children almost having the same height as uh, as the hockey stick they carry going all the way to the school so so that's the kind of passion that is there in those regions we found that in mizoram for example football it's crazy if you find uh, i mean you don't find so many football fields even in the plain uh, in, in areas like mumbai where it's plain you know uh, it's flat lands and there uh, you have those uh, uh, small black it's crowded isol the city is like crowded crazy no space but you still have mud football grounds there and you kick a ball and it's going to go in the valley you know so that's that's the edge so there's no boundary there's nothing but you have kids playing there so with that passion when we saw that passion we realized that wow and and, and in those states or those regions have produced sporadic players who have performed for the nation at the state but we found a lack of structured training there and uh, that's that's what that's what we realized was our intervention that's the that's the gap we realized and we found that if we can intervene there and provide them that structure training and give them an opportunity to develop those abilities which they naturally have so those uh, uh, children there you know and and the schools uh, and the, the parents of course because it is something which is played in the community the parents could relate to it. so they were okay they were okay to send their children to these sessions which we were conducting so it was also bringing us more closer to the community and of course sports has that amazing ability to connect right so in the naxalite regions of uh, jharkhand I and mean, we have our grassroots programs there and and none of our coaches none of our people when they travel there they're not touched because they know that we're all you know uh, bringing them together so in addition to the basic uh, sports skills they're also learning those life skills they're learning uh, uh, another important thing which we also did was uh, we we picked up the youth from the region uh, who were ex players and then we trained them to be coaches in our grassroots programs so that's another where they could see uh, one the community saw an opportunity a livelihood opportunity for their youth they got an alternative tend to to the other anti social elements so now they had something which they could earn a living from uh, doing something which they like uh, and become a role model for the children Uh, in those communities to come and uh, participate there um, so so it really helped bind the entire community together generate those uh, alternatives for them and then you know next if we are able to nurture and i think if we are able to get we've just started the programs right but in another five i think four five years uh, we get one two three four good players talent coming emerging to the top and participating at the state and national levels i think that's what will turn uh it's completely where uh we have they have then they become the role models for the children so they are all coming from these small time hamlets small towns or uh, small villages and uh by the opportunities that we have given them uh they get a chance to come out of the poverty you know and that's also you know so and many of these uh, children they don't get even two square meals at home and here we are able to cater to them you know take care of their food, all the basic needs education uh ensure that they complete the education which is another task there right uh, we ensure that they finish 10 standard at least or get them in, enrolled in school so that they can uh get into a, a, some kind of a job even if they can't make it big in the sporting as a players yeah and while we were talking about parents in school one of the things that i was reminded of as a kid 
पढ़ोगे लिखोगे बनोगे नवाब खेलोगे कूदोगे बनोगे खराब राइट एंड दैट्स आई थिंक अ लॉर्ड ऑफ द नाइन्टीज किड्स हर्ट दैट एंड दैट वाज बिकॉज़ ऑफ द फैक्ट दैट व्हेन यू टॉक अबाउट सब्जेक्ट्स और स्कूल्स अ लॉर्ड ऑफ इंपॉर्टेंस वाज जस्ट गिवन टू द बुक्स एंड द स्टडीज एंड द टाइम दैट यू स्पेंड इन इन योर बुक्स बट नाउ विद द इंट्रोडक्शन ऑफ द ऑफिशियल पॉलिसी ऑफ 2020 एजुकेशन पॉलिसी ऑफ 2020 व्हिच मेक्स स्पोर्ट्स अ मैंडेटरी सब्जेक्ट do you think that perceptions going to change you know the other guests who have appeared on the show um you know have had a consensus that a change will only come when parents see sports more than just a hobby it's not just sham go 5 to 7 go and play and that's uh, that's your break but do you think this change in official policy will help break that perception actually help sports development across the country as you rightly said you know it's sports was always an extracurricular activity so uh, when there was so much focus on education we, we had parents thinking it as a waste of time time barbaad kar rahe ho so even free play right and for, very unfortunate but free play uh, in the society is is still considered as wasting of time where they where they're learning amazing skills like leadership team teamwork because that's where they learn those skills right and they work they they're playing together but uh, having the thought that uh, physical activity basically uh, is very important for holistic development of children uh, when that is backed by an education policy when that is integrated within uh, the education policy it will definitely i feel make a difference i think number one most importantly at a younger age group i mean if you look at our the earlier policy uh, which mandated a physical educator only from grade 6 and above so at the primary years there was no physical education so at the primary years when the children were actually more active they really want to play uh, that's when we were curbing them and saying no sit because we don't there's nobody else there's nobody there to take your play so you're making them sit and study and from 6 onwards then you're expecting them to start playing and develop a liking for it and that's the time when their physical activity decreases we have studies which show that as we get into the teens that's when you start getting more conscious about how you are how you behave how you learn and you don't have the skills to fundamental motor skills which help you play a sport so i'm not talking about the very minuscule 5% who are gifted in sport i'm talking about the entire other set of people this new education policy mandating uh, physical activity and development in the younger years primary years will will really change that uh, we have more and more children playing and the older uh, in the secondary when we have it becomes a subject then you have more children opting for it also because they have the fundamental skills for it and they can score and they can get better and will definitely change the perspective of the parents here on the other side make school management go for more specialized coaches and teachers who can go out and help these students right i mean i understand a lot of schools today they may have sports coaches or trainers who are not i i won't want to say qualified but you know not trained to be doing what they're doing like you said you know certain injury needs to be noticed um certain amount of diet that needs to be practiced if you want to take a certain amount of professionalism in your sports now do you think this will also lead to more coaches being trained and and also more trained coaches and trainers coming into the system and uplifting the entire level from from the grassroots and below yeah so uh, before we get into train coaches for sports i would just take a little a minute to focus more upon the physical literacy aspect which again i was which i was speaking about uh, you know in the early years as we talked about the primary years i think it's important to develop uh, to look at it like look at physical literacy as another subject which a class teacher needs to take up 
just as a, your class teacher is required to teach language, maths, history, whatever, this is another physical activity. We are not even terming it as sports because sports is, is big. It's, it, it requires infrastructure, equipment. I'm talking about pure physical activity, which itself can develop many fundamental skills, which, which can be taught without any equipment, with whatever is there in the, in the region, right? So it's just that the class teacher needs to be made aware teach them the pedagogy of how to manage children in that physical activity because children love physical activity and they would love to do that. Give them some basic activities which are there, simple things which can be done in even a classroom setting. Doesn't even require a playground. But yeah, a playground, a free play time, you know, which we talked about, which I also mentioned, the importance of free play, having children go out every day and play in, uh, just give them stuff, you know, for example, Maybe you can talk about active playgrounds, having active playgrounds where there's a tire, a hanging tire or a rope or some just uh, uh, bars put up where they could balance or hang. That's where they will develop those abilities at a younger age. And we just need people who can manage them. So we don't really need experts there. We just need to teach them the you know how to manage them, some, some specific skills on how to manage them. So once this is developed in the primary age groups, then we have children who have the basic motor abilities like jumping, running, you know, uh, throwing, catching, those skills are developed. And then we have at the secondary grades, you know, that's where we can develop those sports. Uh, yeah, now for sports, yes, you need uh, train, you need coaches. But I would again like to reiterate that we don't really need physical educators, you know, or BPA that we call it, but we you know, graduates to teach uh, specific sports. I think uh, what has happened uh, till now is because of that mandatory thing that we need a physical educator there. Uh, we have one physical educator uh, who's supposed to teach the entire school, right? And that's just not, that's where the quality is dropped drastically. Now, I, I think it's important to look at uh, the youth from the region, as I was saying, the smaller certification courses uh, oriented towards one particular sport, which has a mandatory coaching, how to coach. So as you rightly mentioned, they need to first understand the psychology of children, how, not, not in detail, but just to understand the perception, how to manage them, what are the important things to keep in mind while coaching, a basic uh, first aid training given to them on how to ensure if they get the, you know, how, how to manage that, and uh, basic skills of a sport, which can be taught to them, which includes the ensuring that, uh, uh, you know, they're teaching the right way so that injuries do not happen. So, uh, so I think we need to categorize, we need to, uh, rather than having one big job and a big fat salary going to one person, uh, it's important that we have two or three, which can make the trainings more effective in schools and get the best out of the, the children there. Yeah, and that's an extremely important point, right? in, especially if you look at schools in India across, there are many students, like if you take, um, you know, schools in, in smaller towns, or you take it in, in, in urban cities, you have a lot of students. And you know, if everyone needs to be getting involved, there has to be more investment from, from a people perspective as well, and have more people who understand it, and then can uh, go out and create that ecosystem of physical education. Talk to you, Neeram, about the fact that Tata Trust is working closely with athletics, boxing, badminton, polo, hockey across India. I want to know what is the perception of these sports at the ground level? I know there's there's this world in India that's coming together where, you know, Kabaddi is becoming an extremely fascinating sport because of the Pro Kabaddi League, because of what 
Charu and his team have been able to put up. Um, there's obviously, you know, badminton that's come up again, um, you know, because of a few role models that came in into that spot. What about the other sports? I'm, I know boxing has Maricom, but you know, of a certain set of role models is extremely important for people to go out and get motivated for a particular sport. Now, I'm not saying role models don't exist, but maybe their story is not reaching the entire population, right? So what is the motivation while people are picking up these sports? And what do you think? I mean, do you see there is a significant amount of shift towards sports? And those changes are there, Ravneet. And I mean, if you look at the past three, four years, I think I would say five years, but uh, the late, the, when the leagues have started, I would say. There was the hockey league, there was the hockey league. I mean, it started all with, with cricket, but then there was the hockey league, there's a football league going on, so Kabaddi league. So this is actually brought the game to the masses. People are able to see them, right? And 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 that's where the popularity of that, the badminton league also, so the pro- popularity of that sport has increased uh, for, for sure. If you ask me where our programs have been, I mean, in those states, there has been a culture of that sport. I mean, if you, you look at hockey, as I talked to you about, I look at badminton. So in badminton, I did not mention that, but in, uh, in Mizoram, every community has a badminton hall. I mean, it's a, it's a multi-purpose hall, uh, which is used, but it's a, it, it has at least one badminton court. I mean, even in even in uh, Mumbai, we can't uh, boast of that. You know, we don't have uh, so so there is a culture uh, of of playing uh, polo. So that's a culture uh, in Manipur that we're talking about, about which we are supporting. Um, hockey is a culture there. So uh, some of them, uh, you know, so so that's where. Uh, uh, and then if you look at the masses, yes, there's an application. So so badminton, as I talked, you, you know that with the with the pro badminton league and with those role models, it's already the game is already up. I mean, we, with with having uh, Sanya and uh, PV Sindhus, and they they've all up. Uh, they've already really made that very famous. Hockey also, I think, the recently a lot of uh, professionalism coming into that sport with Hockey India making a lot of efforts to develop the sport at all levels. I mean, there is an investment happening there, and it needs to grow. So, the so team games it's a little difficult. I know it's it's always difficult than individual games because then you need to have a bigger set of funding, a bigger set of people, a bigger set of support to develop that sport. Athletics, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, even Athletics Federation has been doing job. Uh, in, in the recent years where they are grooming uh, younger athletes, giving them opportunities to train uh, in foreign countries. There's more that can be done. There's always more that you can do. But uh, but those changes uh, can definitely be seen, which has helped make, make those uh, sports popular. You know, you did speak about culture and infrastructure. And honestly, if we add broadcasting to it, but do you think these are the three main key in- ingredients that needs to change in India uh, if India wants to shine at the global level? I'll just add coaches there. I think uh, without them, we can't get anywhere. All the successes that we've received, I would say not all, but majority of the successes that you've got till now has been because of that individual coach who has you know, put all his effort, money, time, anyway, to bring the, that talent up, irrespective of infrastructure there. Yeah, so I think that and broadcasting is very important. I mean, again, I would like to share this again from Mizoram because people don't know about it but they have their own league and they they broadcast that within the state they have a, a Mizoram football uh, league okay? and that that broadcasted and uh, that's viewed so that's the and people actually turn out in huge numbers to come and uh, see those games being played 
Yeah, and and from a broadcasting perspective, also, I think people need to realize the fact that broadcasting takes the sport to a larger group of people, and then that you know not just inspires people, but also gets in a lot of financial gain, which can then help the sport in general. Yeah, so coming to the end of this podcast, you know, we can't not talk about the situation that we've been in, which is because of this really small virus called COVID nineteen. But what COVID nineteen, I think, has made. a lot of us realize and i've seen this trend increasingly in asia pacific and specifically india a lot of people are focused on fitness and health a lot more right uh, they're spending a lot more time even indoors doing a lot of um, you know exercises and keeping themselves fit eating right um the attraction to sports has gone back for like for people like me you know we've gone back to um, you know my first time i stepped out of the lockdown was to play a game of cricket so a lot of attraction to the sports is back and you know people have realized that not just uh, running in a gym on a treadmill but also you can go out and play that one sport every week do you think covid 19 has actually worked as a boon rather a bane when it comes to sports and physical activity in india i mean it has definitely helped or become a boon to create that importance or create that awareness uh, of how important physical activity can be uh, it has given the, the the people the chance to actually or the time i would say more like more than a chance it is the, the time to actually follow or uh, that uh, that that activity whichever that is the follow that game or you know and and given them that they craze for getting out and doing something because they've hooked up inside so that's that definitely a big boon uh but if you say on the flip side i mean uh we always have the funding for uh, you know that which is which is which is majorly being impacted uh not it, it's everywhere i mean because of uh, we saw how ipl was conducted you know uh, uh without any spectators so i'm sure that has definitely been a bigger impact on on the kind of we don't know how if you uh, seeing the value that we have lost because of all of that so so many games cancelled so many events cancelled phys- uh, today majority of the small academies actually uh, they are struggling they're struggling badly because we don't have people coming right there's no football so so those uh, i would say are the small negatives but yes I, I, we 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 hope and and i, I feel i'm sure that you know it will all come back i mean there will be more people once it settles down once we have a vaccine in place now uh, we will have more people taking to sports i feel in the longer run because of this impact that has there's been created because i'm sure there is going to be a significant amount of change um after the vaccine is out amazing uh, thank you so much the work that you've been doing with the next generation of athletes across the country in various regions is truly inspiring i was amazed neelam at at what you've been able to build with your team and um thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your stories i honestly um am super humbled to be uh, having a chat with you i congratulate you on your journey and uh, i wish you the best for everything that comes um for you and the entire tata trust team i hope you had fun absolutely loved it vinith thank you for having this very comfortable chat where it didn't feel like an interview because when we all sports people shy away from that uh, thing so uh so thank you and i i really thank uh, we work for uh, giving us this opportunity because it's yeah it's important to make uh, uh, uh share these stories and make people aware that uh, these programs exist and we just need a whole lot more uh people to come forward join hands and help uh, as we say make india a sporting nation which needs to be done not by one it cannot be done by one organization it's a lot more thank you neelam on behalf of we work it's an honor 
so thank you so much thank you thank you